everyone. Welcome back to On Wednesdays We Watch One Tree Hill. Uh, you will hear Brody's melodic voice here in a second. I just wanted to pop in here and uh, let you know that the episode you're about to listen to was recorded prior to the SAG after a strike um, being called. So this is uh, about four month old content. You are going to hear straight from our vaults. We are so excited to be back and releasing episodes, recording fresh stuff for you to listen to. So thank you for sticking with us and enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to On Wednesdays, we watch One Tree Hill, the podcast where a bunch of nostalgic millennials sit around and talk about a TV show from the early 2000s that they either grew up with or have never seen before in their entire lives. As always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Brody, and with me, as always, is Jesse. Hello. And Caitlin. Hi. And today we are talking about season six, episode eight of One Tree Hill, titled Our Life is Not a Movie or Maybe, which, fun fact, is a song by Ockerville River. I think that's how I'm pronouncing it right. I have no idea. Great. Great title for the episode, though. Anyways, we open with Nathan at practice for Slam Ball right before his first Slam Ball game. And Owen tells him he's doing pretty well, but he has got to remember the game itself when they're in the game is a lot different. Immediately cut to Nathan getting his fucking clock cleaned by like three (laughs) dudes and just bashing him against the wall. Uh... Yep. Yeah, and absolute Jamie, disaster. And Jamie and Haley just immediately grimace and cover their eyes. And it's just like, uh, yeah, yep. Okay, we, James Lafferty yes. is not a small man. No. He, he looks petite. Yes. Next to these slam ball players. Yes, like how many giants did they have to hire to make him seem small? Right. Well, they they had Joe Mangefellow, uh to go as a baseline and then they had yes. to go go bigger i guess mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my guess is those are actual slam ball players probably uh probably yeah yeah anyway I is assume. slam ball a real sport though i have no idea it, it was yes wow in the halcyon days of the early 2000s uh it was a real thing and uh it went the way of the xfl and um different things like that uh there we go there we go the more you know kids the more you know who knew we are an educational podcast we are you're welcome everyone slam ball so we also see in the crowd that millie and peyton are there and um, then Brooke and Sam show up and Brooke immediately sees Owen not protecting Nathan as he gets slammed against the wall again and just starts yelling at him to help Nathan out. It's like, hey, 99, why aren't you helping 23? And by the way, get over your fear of having children. <laughs> Y'all. Slamballleague.com. My God. Las Vegas, summer 2023. It's still oh, there. Hell yeah. yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Let's Here, see. Sign me up. Uh, I'm just, just yesterday, the uh, Wrath versus Ozone played on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Not the Ocho? 
Not yeah, I was gonna say not the Ocho. Not the Ocho. Uh, um, and the Slashers are a real ass team. Wow. Of course they are. Okay. Well, there we go. There yes. we go. This but I do like love all in Vegas, I guess. There we go. I do love Brooke just yelling at Owen. Like, you know. I, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And by the <laughs> way, get over your fear of having kids. Heckling is usually like uh, pull your head out of your ass, uh, mm-hmm. you know, open your eyes, ref. Not like get over your fear of having children. Exactly. It's not like life advice. <laughs> yes. Yes. Then uh, Sam and Jamie start talking and it's hilarious because she just tells him you're short. And he's like, I'm five. What's your excuse? Yeah. Yeah. Because Jamie's flawless. Mm-hmm. He is. He's but- great. Yep. And Haley starts teasing Sam about hanging out with her teacher. Ha 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 ha. And she realizes that Jamie is Haley's son. And Peyton <laughs> says, hi, you know, she introduces herself to Sam and she's like, I like your outfit. And Sam's like, yeah, it looks just like yours. So <laughs> they tease Peyton for dressing like a 15 year old. It's fine. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you know, sometimes you figure it out early and uh-huh. you roll with it. Yeah. Peyton did. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. And then Millie, um, is looking around and they're like, we didn't know you were so into slam ball. She's like, I'm not, I'm trying to find mouth and Gigi. So fun fact, it, Millie is not happy that Gigi is mouth's intern. No for, one is, up, for no up, one is happy about this except for Gigi. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. Yes. Uh... Um, yeah. Then Brooke asks Peyton where Lucas is, and Peyton's like, I have no clue where my fiance is. And we then see Lucas under the bleachers, basically, on a phone call, um, basically saying, Wait, I thought the book wasn't doing well. Dot dot dot. <laughs> Cut back to Millie, who finds Mouth and immediately goes down to see him as Mouth introduces her to Gigi as her girlfriend or as his girlfriend. And Gigi just is still completely inappropriate. And it's like, yeah, your girlfriend's hot mouth. Gigi would like to be Millie's girlfriend. Exactly. <laughs> Dear God. And Problematic because icon. Gigi still very. <laughs> Problematic because they are twins. Uh, <laughs> mouth has a type. <laughs> he really does. He really does. Um, yeah. And as uh, Millie leaves, she gives Mouth a big old smoocher on the lips. And says she'll see him later. And Gigi's comments on Mouth's short leash. I hate that. <laughs> uh-huh. Me too. Not good. Not great. No. Once again, we are reminded that men wrote this TV show. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Dear God. Yeah. Then um, Lucas returns to the rest of the group. And he tells Peyton that um, he found out that phone call was that someone wants to make a movie out of his book. And Peyton was like, but I, the comment, and he's like, no, an unkindness of ravens. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been waiting for this one. Turn it up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Then uh, we go back to the game and Nathan's coach is not thrilled that he's made three jump shots in a row because apparently he wants him to go to the basket and dunk because, you know, that's the point of slam ball. Not yeah. scoring points, apparently. Jamie, Jamie explains it to us. Mm-hmm. I get what dunks are worth three. Oh, right, right, right. And jump and shots are worth jump shots are worth two. Yes, there it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Nathan's like, all right, I'll I, I can go. I'll go down to the basket. And no one's like, Yep, I'll I, I got you. Hang on, buddy. Let's do this. So then Owen literally just 
pushes over every single guy in Nathan's way so Nathan can <laughs> dunk. And everyone's like on their feet. They're crazy. They're flipping out. And Sam just makes the comment, wasn't this guy just in a wheelchair? <laughs> yes. To which Haley yep, just glares at her. She's like, God damn it. You're right, you 15-year-old little shit. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I hope truly that Joe Manicotti barreling through all these people is what got him the role on True Blood as a werewolf. <laughs> right? Yeah. They were like, he's massive. He could hurt people. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cast him. Yeah. Yep. He is a giant, gorgeous human being. Let's cast him as a werewolf. Let's mm-hmm. do it. Yep. Betty looks good naked, which is the requirement for HBO at this point. Yeah. And then, I mean, segue into his Magic Mike success. There we and go. And the iconic sexy dance to I Want It That Way in the convenience store. Oh, uh, my God. Which is a moment of cinematic masterpiece. Uh, yeah. If you haven't seen it, go look it up. Oh, well, everybody Ma- now Mike turned too. into a Joe Mangy fellow podcast. Joe Manicotti fan club right here. Uh, Listen, we're just really appreciative of his acting career. There we we are. are. We are fans of his acting and his uh, commitment to physical excellence. <laughs> Uh, his In fact, he pushes people down real court. good. Yeah, he pushes people down real good. Mm-hmm. Real good at tackling people. Real yeah, good yeah, at yeah. tackling people. And humping the air. That too. Yeah. Good for him. Not yeah. in this show. No, but in Magic Mike. Yeah. 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 Coolio. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, what happens next on One Tree? Hey, y'all, it's after dark. <laughs> Yeah, we forgot to mention that we're doing an after dark, kids. So just buckle up. It's this. This episode was unhinged. We're unhinged. Just get ready. There are no hinges on any doors or windows or anything. No, there are no doors to put hinges on. No, no. So we go to the next morning where Nathan wakes up to find Jamie sitting on top of him, going, "Can you walk? <laughs> are you okay, Daddy?" uh prove it okay. nathan's like i'm fine he's like yeah prove it so nathan gets up and he starts doing some bad dance moves and he's like well the dancing's bad but okay daddy good game yeah no jamie is literally sitting on nate's chest while saying prove you can walk daddy he's uh-huh. like get the fuck off me you twerp <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh yeah so then nathan comes downstairs um and we see Haley reading B. Davis magazine. And fun fact, it's the same magazine and the same article that Lucas and Peyton read that caused all their little fun shenanigans the previous episode or before, whatever which one it is. I can't remember. <laughs> I think it was this last episode. Yeah, I think um, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she does mention there's so much like, I'm just going to say, there's so much breaking of the fourth wall this episode. Yes. <laughs> I love every second of it. She's like, we share our space evenly, don't we? I think it's 50-50. Well, anyway, okay. <laughs> I think I think Luke was talking to Haley about the like. I think he had to get the article out of the house and said, "Haley, can you believe this bullshit?" Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Yeah, yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh God, that B. Davis mm-hmm. magazine is onto something without yep. B. Davis." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so then she asks him if he's you know he's okay after Slime Ball, and he says he's totally fine, but. As he turns around to get something out of the fridge, she sees horrible, horrible bruises on his back. 
Yeah. Those were gnarly. They were gnarly bruises. Like, good yeah. job, makeup team, for making those. I mean, and again, continuity. Continuity of the show is great. He's still got his uh, his under boob scar from crashing mm-hmm. the race car. He's got spine scars from assuming mm-hmm. when the entire window pane went into his back and, set, yep. you know, made yep. him paralyzed. Like, yep. continuity is always excellent. Yep. For, uh, continuity and a shirtless James Lafferty. What more can we ask for? I mean, there's a timeline. A definitive yeah. timeline. A definitive timeline. Like you are asking too much of this goddamn television show. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's all I want. It's all, all I want. Wants. Anyway, swiftly moving on from that goddamn Pandora's box that we just peeked inside again. Um, we go to Peyton and Lucas. Um, and Peyton asks him how he feels about the movie. And he says, well, you know, on one hand, it would be really cool to have a movie made about my book. But on the other hand, this book is super personal, especially all the stuff about Keith and everything. And I don't know if I want that. And Peyton tells him whatever he decides is going to be the right thing as far as she's concerned. And then she says, bye, I got to go. I'll, t- I'll see you later. And she says something like, you know what? I kind of like you. And he's like, well, it's good because I'm going to marry you. Listen, this is how Ben and I talk to each other. And it was it was alarming to see this very stupid boy uh flirting with his person like this um, yeah yeah it's adorable i love them they're great then we go to brooke who is working on peyton's wedding dress and is talking to millie and we see that she's like she's saying why did i sign over my company i don't know what the hell i'm gonna do i have one wedding dress that is my only paying customer and then Haley and Jamie come in and Haley and Brooke play a really fun game where Haley says, I will take one unfinished wedding dress. That's all I want. That's all I'm asking for. And Brooke <laughs> just goes, fine, then I'll take one song off an unfinished album. And Haley just goes, this game isn't fun anymore. <laughs> so uh, good. And yeah. then they do mention, you know, uh, Millie and uh, Haley say, and by the way, didn't Owen look great last night, Millie? Yes, he did. What do you think, Brooke? <laughs> And Brooke just glares at them <laughs> to the point where they change the subject very quickly to baby Brooke. And they ask about, um, you know, kind of what's going on with baby Brooke and everything. And Brooke basically says that it is tied up in litigation between uh, Victoria's lawyers who say that they own it and Brooke's lawyers who say they can go baby Brooke themselves. What is the baby Brooke thing? I, I forgot. Not- do you not remember the brooking yourself? I remember the brooking no, yourself. No, remembers that part. Yeah. You remember the Macy's meeting where she had to take Angie with her and spur of the moment to save her meeting, she came up with baby Brooke. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and all those really shitty uh, extras, you know, who are really bad at acting. She said the future is now. Mm-hmm. Sure. Never forget. No, it- Never forget. What an iconic moment. You're mm-hmm. right. Yep. <laughs> How could I forget? Yep. Uh, I remember. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You remember, you remember the, the, the toddler that she had or not, well, not toddler, the baby that she had for, I don't know, a couple weeks. And it seemed I... like a year and yeah, without an instruction manual or anything. Yeah. Yeah. No paperwork. No, no, nope, exactly. Take this baby from the air. No, I remember Angie. Yep. I, uh, it was the addition of, baby to the brook yourself Mm -hmm. situation that i needed a refresher on yes which i find really funny that millie's the one who said it because millie was not around for the original brook yourself millie is you know listen as someone who is still very close friends with 
all of her friends from college, the number of times we make jokes that only we get because something happened 10 years ago and we have to explain it to someone else in the room who wasn't there 10 years ago. Like Millie's absolutely heard the story because somebody said, go brook yourself. And she said, what? Millie (laughs) shares a bed with mouth who spent five years worshiping the ground Brooke walks on. She's heard that story before. That's very true. That's very true. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. You're right. You're right. Say it again. Say it again. You're right. Oh, my favorite. It hurt just. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. Um, Then while that's all going on, we literally just see in the background, which is great. um, Jamie just pulling Sam around on a skateboard around the (laughs) store. (sighs) And Brooke just says, Sam, please do not skateboard in the boutique. This is a shop, not a skate park. And Sam makes a comment. She's like, yeah, there's nothing in here, though. I bet I could fill it up real quick, though. And she's like, yeah, please stop. Don't do that. It's fine. Then we cut over to Lucas, who is reading on the front porch of his house when a man comes up named Julian Baker. And we find out he is the one who is interested in optioning Lucas's book for a movie. And Julian says he's just passing through. And Lucas like, yeah, really? Sure, sure, sure. But <laughs> Julian says, no, it's it's. I'm not trying to ambush you. You know, I just wanted to get a feel for Tree Hill. And, you know, when I get excited about a project, I do kind of get a little obsessed about the idea for the movie. And um, Julian invites him out for drinks to just talk about everything. And if he doesn't like what Julian has to say, he can leave and he gets a couple free drinks. And Lucas begrudgingly accepts. Did we skip the part where Brooke told her foster child to go skate in traffic? Yes, we did, because that was the part where she tells her to not skate in the uh, (laughs) boutique. It's, yes. Yes, Sam, go skate in traffic. Yeah. (laughs) So good. She's doing so well. (laughs) And that's the the comment that Haley said. There were so many funny comments, I couldn't get all of them in. Because Haley then says, clearly I've improved Sam's foster foster living environment and then they go again oh millie didn't owen look hot this the last night <laughs> yes he did what do you think brooke yeah that's what we missed anyway back to julian sorry yeah. no you're good jesse what did we think of julian on the front porch of the house i the <laughs> no uh, I have a question foreshadowing to the end of the episode. Should I remember Julian? <laughs> are you frozen or are you ignoring me? I can't tell. Maybe both. It's fine. Okay. No. Um, uh, no, like, okay. The whole thing is sketchy. Like, I have more. You should not remember Julian. Okay, He's thank new. you. Okay, I have more intense thoughts about Julian later in the episode before the reveal. Then we, then we will, to. then we will get yes. to that. Okay, yes, yes. great, great, great. Then uh, we go to Peyton, who we find out where she just went because she didn't tell anybody except she probably told Lucas, but we didn't know. Um, she is at a uh, metal ceremony for her brother Derek. Real Derek. Real Derek is yay, back. yay for Big Brother Derek. Um, yes, he is getting a metal pinned and she surprises him by showing up and they go to catch up, which is very, very fun. Then, oh yeah, then we get one of my least favorite scenes. Um, Mouth comes into work and says hello to Gigi and she just responds by calling him sexy. And he tells her maybe she shouldn't call him that at work. 
and or you know ever and she changes the greeting to hot piece of ass where is hr where has hr ever been in that goddamn tv station <laughs> it doesn't exist especially not at this station given the alice of it all exactly i'm right. sure hr got fired when alice did because i'm sure she was sleeping with hr too that should have been one of mouth's uh requirements to come back was a robust HR department. <laughs> exactly. Dear God. Yes. Um, then, yeah. So then he's trying to work with her on stuff, um, you know, getting footage from the game and everything. And they're going to go interview Nathan, but all she's doing is joking and flirting with them. And he's so uncomfortable and having none of it. The poor guy. Yeah. I, this sucks. Like Gigi was such like a like hilariously horny, like harmless character, and now she's like a predator. And I'm and like, now she's written by a man. Yeah, and I hate it. And mm-hmm. she's not a minor anymore, no. so yeah. men can write her the way they want. Yuck! Mm-hmm. I hate it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, can we get a better storyline for Mouth than a shitty work environment? For the love of God. Please. This is, this is all they've given him for two fucking years. Yeah. It's like Millie. Like, well, I mean, I would argue that his work environment's not shitty. It, or like no. that his or that his plot, his arc is not him being shitty. It's this impending love triangle, which Mouth has never had. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's like so, a forced love triangle. Though. I mean, it's a forced yeah. love triangle because of Gigi. Yeah, but yeah, who, who happens to be his intern at work? But yeah. it's the I same think... kind of love triangle as Nathan, Haley, and Nanny Carrie at in the beginning of five, mm-hmm. right? Like it's that same uncomfortable, unwanted love triangle. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I just don't like it. Nope. Whatever. Pass. Anyway. Moving on. Oh, then we get one of my favorite scenes. Lucas comes over to see Nathan making pancakes. And he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, making pancakes. Why? Because I wanted pancakes, man. <laughs> cool. Like, why is this in the script? It's the best thing ever. But I don't know why it's in the script. And I love it for that. Does Nathan Maybe they had a Bisquick sponsorship. Yeah. They did. Did anyone see a box? <laughs> nope. There was no box of anything. Well, yeah. we found out last episode that uh, Lucas is a French toast guy, right? That's very true. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe it was supposed to be a callback, and it didn't land. I don't know. I just think it's hilarious, because he's like, because I wanted pancakes, man. Right. I mean, get why, off, why, why, get uh, off my jock. It's fine. Yeah. Get off yeah. my nards, bro. Come on. <laughs> I wanted pancakes. Yeah. So then uh, Nathan says, oh, yeah, and the list is on the table. And Luke is like, what? Of actors, I want to play me in the movie. <laughs> this yeah. conversation. And Nathan just thinks it's really cool about the whole movie. And um, Lucas tells him about Julian and how he doesn't, he does, he just doesn't want the movie to be messed up. And Nathan tells him that, you know, he should go talk to the producer and, you know, ask all these questions that he's having. And, um, yeah. And then Lucas just looks at his list and he says, dude, no, this guy's too old to play you. And Nathan's like, dude, have you seen how old they're playing? They have actors playing high school anymore. And this dude who is too old to play Nathan Scott is Shia LaBeouf. Uh Uh-huh. Ow. (laughs) Yikes on Uh bikes. Uh Thanks. I hate it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. 
which I don't want to get down this rabbit hole, but I'm pretty sure James Lafferty was is closer in age to this actual age than anybody else would be because they're 22, 23 at this yeah. point. Yeah. So and he's got to be, I think he's 23, 24 at this point in yeah. the in real life. So yeah, yeah, he's always been the closest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The time jump helped him out a lot. Yes. <laughs> and then they start talking about slam ball and Nathan says Haley was freaked out about everything, but he's, he's doing okay. And he says he never saw slam ball as part of his journey, but it's been good to him. And he thinks that, you know, the movie might be good for Lucas. And Lucas just reminds Nathan that Haley is holding her breath so he can play slam ball and follow his dream. And he should maybe just check in with her and let her know that everything's going to be okay. Yep. Yep. Sound advice from the dumbest boy in school. Even broken clocks are right twice a day. That is all I have <laughs> to say about Lucas Scott. Yep. Then Nathan turns the conversation back to Peyton and about the movie. And he's like, what does she think about the movie? And Lucas is like, well, she's, she's all cool with it. Why? And he's like, because she's half the book. And then Nathan then says, well, what does Brooke think? And Lucas again asks why. And Nathan says, because she's the other half of the book. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which just yeah. went way past Lucas. He didn't even think about it. Surprise. Right? Oh, dear God. But also, I would argue he was probably, like, if he thought about it, I mm-hmm. don't think he did. No. Literally. But... If he had thought about it, I would say that of the two women that compu- that make this book, mm-hmm. Brooke is already in the spotlight and yeah. likes having attention on her and right. and all of that. So if he thought about it, my guess is he probably was like, oh, she's going to be fine with it. Mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't she be fine with it? She loves this shit. It's Brooke Davis. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's Brooke Davis. Whereas and honestly, Peyton, I once had a podcast where I shared my life and ended up with a stalker Sawyer. Like mm-hmm. she, I'd be a little more hesitant yeah. if I were her. <laughs> and I think just for Lucas, as far as his, his thought immediately goes to Keith. We heard that. So yeah. I think he's more thinking about his story more than he is Peyton or Brooks. Cause it's really his story, but of course everyone else is in there. Cause yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But. So then uh, we go back to Peyton and Derek who are catching up and they end up talking about Mick and we find out that Derek's actually met Mick before and has kind of known who he was, um, but he's not ever really been in the picture and they kind of talk about him and Peyton's like, you know, I think he's a good guy really deep down. But after Mick or after Derek says that he asked Mick to, you know, do a USO show, you know, and play for the troops and everything. Mick said, oh, yeah, I'll get back to him. And he never called him back. So they're just kind of realizing that he's probably just always going to be a letdown for him and never to get their hopes up. I thought Derek was Ellie's son. No. Mm-mm. no. So they I have the it, same dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK, I thought that I thought the common denominator was Ellie. No. So there was a little bit of recalibrating that my brain had to do during this scene. Well, mm-hmm. and I, I'm pretty sure when. And Brody, correct me if I'm wrong. I could be totally making this up. But I feel like when we first meet real brother Derek in season four. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. Or season three, season four, which, whatever, whichever yeah. part it happens in. Mm-hmm. Um, that he tells her that he has a single mother and his dad left early. Mm-hmm. So 
it sounds like maybe Mick was around at first Mm -hmm. and then was like, nah, I'm good. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Lots of single moms in Tree Hill, North Carolina. My God. You know mm-hmm. what? Just a single mom who works three jobs, who loves her kids and never stops. Like, with, with you gentle know. hands and the heart of a fighter. Yeah. You know, all of these mothers are survivors. You really got to. <laughs> sorry. Wow. I'm not sorry. We just, we just I'm... did that. I'll talk about okay. Reba any this day. This is also a Reba McIntyre stand podcast. I am so down for that, and you both know that. Anyway, moving oh, on. Moving on swiftly. Haley and Jamie. Oh, this was sad. They're at the cemetery at Quentin's grave, and um, Jamie's asking questions. You know, you think he's playing basketball in heaven? And Haley's like, yep, I think he is. And they talk about how um, Haley, when she first met Q, she thought he was a bad kid, but then realized how wrong she was. And that he was a really good kid deep down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I. This show loves to remind us of all the dead people. Uh, <laughs> just loves it. Yeah. It's a thing. Then um, we get Lucas who comes to Brooke's store. And Brooke immediately panics and starts throwing a bunch of fabric on top of Peyton's dress while she's working on it. Because... She thinks he can't see it because it's bad luck for the groom to see the wet, the bride's dress, you know, all that kind of stuff. And he's like, I think she has to be in it. And she's like, OK, well, then fine. It's your you know, it's your wedding. You can have your bad luck, whatever. Your track record with weddings sucks anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. Roast him, Brooke Davis. She kind of did. It was kind of yes. great. And he asks her about the book and she immediately says she wants Natalie Portman to play her. <laughs> oh. And she's like, I can call her if you want. And when Lucas mentions that, you know, that she might be too old to play a high schooler, um, we get very meta once again. While Brooke says, oh, fine. Do you think they're just going to get some idiot from the CW to play me? (laughs) At least they're hot. Uh, Like specifically, she calls them the snot from the CW. (laughs) Right. Which is like, I feel like that's just such a very like early 2000s mid 2000s like insult like mm-hmm. i haven't heard anybody use that phrase as an insult in a very long time no. yeah no uh something else i really enjoyed about the scene was uh chad michael murray's ex-wife tell in character telling him how bad he is at weddings and mm-hmm. <laughs> marriages i like oh yeah double meta loved mm-hmm. it yeah uh, yeah, woof. and then <laughs> woof indeed. Think about that. Woof indeed. Um, yeah, but then he says, "So it sounds like you're on board for the movie." She's like, "Oh yeah, I'm totally on board. It's all great." And Lucas, he goes to leave, and then he turns around. And he says, "Could you really call Natalie?" And Brooks, like, "Yeah, she's a close friend, and and lots of fun." No, she's not. Dear Lord. <laughs> I'm sorry. Dear Natalie Lord. Portman is a talented actress, a wonderful speaker, a good, a smart woman. She can't. She's not lots of fun. I no. I uh, disagree with the premise of that statement. Oh yeah, yeah. both. Mm-hmm. Have you ever looked at Natalie Portman and went, "Hmm, she looks like lots of fun." She could I, be. I don't know her personally. I know. I don't either. Maybe she mm-hmm. is. 
Mm-hmm. Hey, she did a Marvel movie. I feel like to, you're if you're right. going to do a Marvel movie, you have to have some sort of sense of fun. She did She did three of them. She did three of them. Mm-hmm. She got jacked for the third one. That she, she did. did. All right, fine. I softly and hesitantly retract my statement. Great, moving on. We're going to start getting hate mail from Natalie Portman stands in our inbox, and it's going to be Jesse's fault. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta get that engagement. Let's do it. (laughs) It's Leo season. I am full chaos right now. This is full strength, Jesse. Let's do it. (laughs) Anyway. What anyway, next on One Tree Hill? <laughs> yeah, we go to Mouth, who is interviewing Nathan while Gigi's there. And um, she ends up flirting with Mouth during the interview. And Nathan reminds him, you know, Millie's a rock star. Don't screw this up, dude. Good man. Yep. Good man. Yep. Second smartest mm-hmm. Scott boy. Mm-hmm. Who's the first smartest? Jamie. Jamie. Oh, right. I forgot. <laughs> well, maybe not entirely with this episode, but we'll we'll get to that. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He might be number one this episode. It's fine. Um, then Nathan leaves the interview and Owen's like, wait, I did all this work, pushed all these dudes down and I don't get an interview. And Nathan's like, well, I can set you up with one if you want. And he's like, no, no, no. You can keep the interview as long as you can get me in with Brooke. Great. Owen is not above using his friends to. No. Get to Brooke. No, not at all. Not at all. And then we cut to Brooke, who is telling Jamie and Sam not to skateboard on her nice hardwood floors in her house um, when she gets a knock at the door and it's Nathan. And Brooke immediately says, Oh, no, no, no. You cannot have him yet. I just got him. And Nathan's like, What, Jamie? No, you can keep him. He's a menace. <laughs> it's... Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he says he's there for Owen. And Brooke basically says, you know, Owen, if Owen wants to talk to me, he can man up and stop being so seventh grade about this and just talk to me. And she shuts the door and we literally hear Nathan turn to Owen, who is obviously there and tells him to, you know, man up and talk to her like it's not seventh grade. And then the door, you know, then there's another knock at the door and it's Owen. (laughs) Wow. What a crazy wild happenstance. Yep. Dear God. Uh, so then while Sam and Jamie are in her room, she gets a text to an invite to a party and she goes to sneak out and Jamie's like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm going to sneak out. He's like, well, why? And she's like, have you ever done anything bad? He's like, well, I was kidnapped. I almost drowned. I ran through a cornfield, all this other bad stuff. And she's like, no, on purpose. (laughs) And he's like, oh no. She's like, well, come on. So they go to leave for the party. The 15, the 15 year old takes the five year old. Sure. Mm-hmm. Fine. The five year old goes because he is obsessed with her. Yes. Uh-huh. He loves her. It is so cute. Well, he's her new favorite person. I know. Oh, yeah. That we did miss that at the store because Brooke, like, you know, is like, and who's your favorite person? He's like, Sam. She's like, <laughs> who's your favorite person? He's like, you are. And she's like, that'll do. <laughs> Yeah. Specifically, I think she asked, who's your favorite girl? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He is obsessed with her. And it's mm-hmm. so precious. Because mm-hmm. it's like the Which most five-year-old do. thing I think he's done thus far. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kids love that. Kids are obsessed with a teenager. Because they're mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah. Then... But also, can we talk about the fact that 
<laughs> Lucas Scott's nephew is obsessed with an alt teenager who dresses like Lucas Scott's fiance. <laughs> it's not genetic, I swear. Uh, <laughs> God. I'm not saying that there is a type. Yeah. Not saying with that Lucas that the is Scott the father. <laughs> However, that's uh-huh. not not what I'm saying. Yeah. We also missed earlier during the, the slam ball game when Jamie was describing everyone in every situation as they used to kiss. Right. I forgot <laughs> of they, they used to kiss. Yes. Yeah. Do an entire timeline of everyone's relationships by yep. used to kiss or they do kiss now. They, they, they kiss a lot. They used mm-hmm. to kiss. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's not wrong. No. no, the kid's never been wrong. Let's just be very real here. The kid's never been wrong. Yeah. I think this is the first time the kid's ever been wrong by sneaking out of the house, but that's it. Correct. Yeah. So then we get to Peyton and Derek who are uh, walking towards the same boxing ring that he actually trained her in when she was back in high school after Psycho Derek. And he's very happy that she can now laugh after everything that happened between her and, you know, Psycho Derek. And they both compliment each other about how well they're both doing him and, you know, the Marines, her life. And now she's getting married to Lucas and they're talking and she offers to do a USO show for him since Mick never would. And he's overwhelmed by it and he agrees to it. Yay. It's very cute. It's very cute. I love it. Yes. Then Haley goes to see Lucas and... Um, she kind of tells him about, you know, the night ahead for her and Nathan, because Jamie is off at Brooks and Lucas just can't stop saying bounce chicka wow, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yes, there's the 22 year old. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> there they are. Yeah, he was like, I no, say no, that no. like I haven't used that phrase recently as a 32 year old woman. Exactly. Yeah. I just listen. I just got back from a cruise with all my friends from college who I've known since I was t- in my 20s. And yeah, there was a lot of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But she's like, oh, no, no. I'm just, I think it's all going to be just me playing some piano and taking a long bubble bath. And then he's like, bounce, chick, oh, wow, wow. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then she changes the subject to the movie and, uh, you know, has some ideas about who she wants to have player. And Lucas starts screwing with her by saying, oh, no, 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 no. That actor is going to play Mia because I'm going to write Mia into the movie. And he's just totally messing with Haley, which is hilarious. Also, yeah. do you, can we talk about who Haley's choice was for a second? Yeah. We can. Because we can it was Elliot Page. Twi- yeah. It was Elliot Page mm-hmm. before Elliot told us all he was Elliot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, I was, I, I honestly... I forgot that Elliot was not Elliot at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Haley said that and I was like, oh yeah, this was when Juno came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then they, the conversation changes to slam ball and he asks her how she's doing with it. And she just says she needs to know when she can breathe again. And Lucas just reassures her that Nathan knows what he's doing this time, and he's going to be much smarter. <laughs> eh, it's, yeah. it's not a bar fight this time. Like, no. We can just yeah. say that. Yeah. 
It's not a bar fight. And I mean, between the Scott brothers, there's only two brain cells between them. And I would argue that they each have one right now. They're not passing them back and forth. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I have an argument about that later in the the episode. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, I just... This scene was so nice. Like, obviously... We're we're six seasons into this where we know who these people are, but like a little reminder every once in a while that they're like best friends. <laughs> and yeah, yeah is, and is always, always nice. drama all the time. It's just like it's like it reminds me of like the scene from I guess it was season one when they duct taped mouth to a chair. Yeah, it was season two. It was iconic. Oh, is it <laughs> season two? I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I couldn't remember yeah. because I couldn't remember if Nathan and Haley were married or not yet because she was asking Lucas how often he thinks about sex. Oh, yeah. It might have been late season oh. one. I think it was late season one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but no, it's just like it's one of those where, once again, they're making jokes about sex and also being besties at the same time. Right. They are <laughs> 22 years old. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So then uh, we go back to Lucas, who then goes to meet Julian, who has invited him to the dive bar trick. Ha 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 ha. LOL. Lol. Julian's got jokes. Julian's got bad vibes. Nothing but bad bad vibes. I'll, I'll just say that. Okay. And Lucas uh, tells him how personal this story is for him, and Julian agrees and offers him to write the screenplay for it. If it's that personal, he should write the screenplay. And um, Julian tells him if he does it, it's worth a lot of money. And Lucas says, well, it's not about the money for me. But Julian says, oh, no, no, it will be. We're talking $300,000 and then another $300,000 if the movie gets made. And Lucas is like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Then Julian asks about Peyton and he says, you know, with, when you have all that money, you could go to L.A. and see Peyton. And he's like, oh, yeah, fun fact. She doesn't live in L.A. anymore. She's she's moved back here to Tree Hill and we're engaged. And Julian says, I love a happy ending. And he also tells him that if he signs with him, he will have complete control over the screenplay and everything. Mm. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Then we go back to Haley and Nathan. And Haley is uh, at her piano playing a melody in her head. And Nathan, you know, says, what are you working on? She's like this. And he's like, well, let me let me hear it. And as she plays, he grimaces and covers his eyes every time she plays to the point where she's like, I can't play with you looking at me like this. And he says, yeah, neither can I. (laughs) That was pretty good. It was 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 really good. Like, yeah. If like if he was going to address the elephant in the room, that is his wife hating everything about this. Mm-hmm. Like that was a really good way to go about it. And I, yeah. I thought like, well done, Nathan. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he's like, I'm I'm fine. You know, it, everything's good. I don't feel bad. I'm good. And she's like, well, that's a shame because I was going to, you know, maybe give you a massage upstairs. And he's like, well, it does hurt a little bit. Maybe you can carry me upstairs. And he just like <laughs> hops on top of her. It's hilarious. It's so cute. Mm hmm. They're adorable. I love them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Then we cut to Owen and Brooke, who are just sitting in her house <laughs> in silence. And Owen admits that he made a mistake, and he's still very much into Brooke. And he admits that he's an idiot. And just when that happens, there's a knock at the door. 
It's Millie saying that there is a problem at the store. The nosy neighbor says someone was trying to break into the store. And um, they say, well, everyone's like, we'll call the cops. And Brooke's like, no, no, we're not calling the cops. Just wait here. Let me go tell Sam and Jamie and let me go get my gun, which everyone's like, a gun. <laughs> we gloss over that part for a hot second. A gun. There have been some development since we last saw you, Owen. <laughs> mm-hmm. and Surprise. She has good aim now. Yep. Right. And she goes into Sam's room to tell her and she finds Sam and Jamie both missing. Which then we cut to Brooke, Owen, and Millie getting to the store, and we see people flying out of the front door on skateboards. And basically, Sam has turned Brooke's boutique into a skate park slash graffiti wall slash rave. Yeah. Lots of neon, lots of graffiti. (sighs) And yeah, they see Jamie's there just waving some glow sticks, having a good time. (laughs) And it's so funny. Uh The, like... I don't know what it was about the way that child was waving those glow sticks, but I laughed so hard I cried. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, because it didn't match up with the music that they put in in post anyways, because that no. was the funniest part. They, they probably just told him, like, Jackson, just wave these around like you're having a good time. So he's probably, you know, just waving them around and not even like, yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. And also they had a black light going on and that kid is mm-hmm. just like blonde, white blue-eyed everything glows under mm-hmm. a black light so it like, he was radioactive under yeah that black he light. was radioactive and swinging those glow sticks around yep yeah yeah so they see jamie there which they immediately scoop him up and owen's got him and they see that you know there people have graffitied all over the store and she sees sam and she's like what are you doing and she starts yelling at her and she realizes that the dress is there So she takes the uh, cover off the dress form and it is not there. Um, And I will say before this, Sam is really just like being a rolled way of like, hey, I I told you I could pack this place. Ha 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 ha. Being really snotty about it until she realizes that the dress is gone and it is on some stupid kid who is skateboarding in a circle while everyone spray paints the dress. And it is ruined. And Brooke is devastated and Sam immediately realizes what she's done. And um, Owen turns on the lights, shuts off the music and yells at everyone to get out. And Sam immediately starts apologizing um, for what she's done. Yeah. Yeah. This was. Yeah, I don't I don't know. This was like it's building to a nice moment. I can feel it. Mm -hmm. Something is going to come of this and I'm going to think it is cool, but this this sucked. We, we didn't, we didn't think this was going to be smooth sailing for Brooke to just get a teenager. Did we? Well, I mean, it hasn't been, it's been one whole episode and it hasn't been. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then uh, we go back to Lucas and Julian at trick and they are playing pool for joint producer credits. That's fine. That's how that works. Sure. And Julian asks him to just sign the contract. And Lucas says he should talk to Peyton first. But Julian assures him, you know, well, the contract is legit. And it basically just gives Julian six months to have the rights to the book to be able to make the film. And Lucas says, well, I did talk to my agent and everything. And they all think it's a good my team thinks it's a good idea. Um, And so Lucas signs the contract for the movie. boy in school. Dear... Fucking God, how did this man become a bestseller 
with and get a second fucking book deal told you i had strong opinions about this without knowing to talk to a fucking lawyer before signing a contract dear blah. come on well, man <laughs> i mean in his i this first doesn't come out of my mouth often what well, well, i i'm in his defense if his agents and his team did their job, which they, they did. read the contract and told him it was good to go. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, yeah. I just signing a contract on a pool table, <laughs> especially when they have been making verbal agreements, changing this contract. It's not the worst thing he's done near a pool table. That's very true. At least it wasn't on a merry-go-round. I was going to say, was that carousel in a pool hall? <laughs> well, the tattoo was a result of losing pool. Mm-hmm. This is true. That's why he got so good. <laughs> <laughs> he has learned his lesson. Yes. No more fun bucket tattoos for that boy. Uh, yeah. Then, uh, okay. Then we get the scene. One of the scenes that broke my heart. Um, back at Brooke's store, Jamie comes up and apologizes to Brooke for the you know, for leaving for the party and everything. And Brooke says, you know, well, I'm not, I'm not mad at you. And she, he's like, are you mad at Sam? And she's like, yeah. And then she changes her mind a little bit. She says, well, I am a little mad at you, buddy, for, you know, not telling me that you were leaving. That's not good. And he basically says, you know, he doesn't think that Sam is bad at all. He thinks that she's just like Quentin and how, when his mom first met Quentin, she thought he was a bad guy, but he really wasn't. And I, he thinks oh. that's, that's just Sam because she just doesn't oh. know how to, how to show being nice. God. Mm-hmm. Stabbed in the heart. Yeah. It's fucking, he's a good egg, man. Mm-hmm. He's a good little radioactive child under a black light. Yep. <laughs> yep. But also, like, we've and we've talked about, you know, before, like, just like, and I mean, in the show, they talked about how smart Jamie is, but it's like all of his dialogue, even when he's like being the voice of reason, is said like a five year old. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, it, it doesn't ever feel like an adult speaking through a five year old. No, and that's what I think makes the writing when they write for Jamie just so magical for some reason is whoever's writing him just writes it so well that it is like, it's a child speaking, but saying mm-hmm. all of these very profound things mm-hmm. from a five-year-old's perspective. Are, like as kids do like, yeah. You remember that's, that's kids do mean, say the darndest things. They sure do. I've heard that. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. And I think it's the opposite problem we're having with, Gigi, you know, like it could very easily sw- like have been, oh, a grown man is writing for this five year old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It yeah. could very easily have slid into that, but mm-hmm. they found a really good voice for Jamie that they are not, you know, a little bit of a tangent that they are not extending that, you know, that grace and that intelligence to the women. You know, no. the no. the secondary women in this cast. It's like motherfuckers. Yeah. I mean, and they didn't extend it really to the primary women in this cast in the first couple of seasons. That's mm. true. Before those women kind of found their own voices and yep. fought back. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Whereas, um, I cannot remember her name right now. The woman who plays Gigi, you know, she was a guest star for half a season in 
season three and or season season three and season four, four. and then comes back and is a guest star again. So it's like she hasn't been around. So it's like she like she doesn't have that agency. Right. Because mm-hmm. she's not necessary. Yeah. She doesn't have the clout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. And I I wish that someone else wrote this show, but I think we all do. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's yeah. that. Anyway. Exactly. Anyway. Anyway. Then, uh, speaking of Gigi, um, we're at the station and Gigi invites Mouth to grab a drink after work with her and a few friends, but Mouth politely declines, saying he has to go home. And she says, okay, fair enough, and she leaves, but then he gets a text message from her that just says, sexy. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, moving on swiftly from that, Haley is giving Nathan a massage, and they talk about slam ball. And Nathan says he's going to have to be a lot quicker on the court than he thought because these guys move so much faster and he didn't anticipate the pace of this game. So she's like, what are you going to do? He's like, I'm just going to have to move faster. Cool. Good plan, bud. Right. Then, um, oh, here we go. Buckle up, kids. Last scene, Lucas tells mm-hmm. Julian that Peyton is on her way, but she's just running a little late. And Julian's like, cool, can't wait to meet her. And he leaves to go make a phone call. And just when he leaves, Peyton shows up. And um, yeah, and she says, actually, I need to, I just got ready in a quick hurry. I'm going to go run to the bathroom so I can look in the mirror and fix myself up. He's like, okay. Then we cut over to, um, oh, yeah, yeah. Then it's (laughs) Brooke and Jamie get home. And Sam is already there trying to scrub the spray paint out of the dress in tears yeah and she apologizes profusely and says she does stupid things she's really sorry she doesn't know why she does them but she does and she grabs her bag to leave and brooke asks her where she's going and says that she's grounded and sam just says "You're, you're not kicking me out and brooke says no and i wish you would stop being surprised when i tell you you're not being kicked out now go to your room. Actually, wait, no, go to my room. The windows don't open in that room. <laughs> uh, it was the sweetest grounding since Karen Rowe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's learned I, I, well. She has, because she was grounded by Karen at one yes. point. <laughs> Karen was the first person to ever ground her. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> then, oh, God, okay. Now the actual final scene, which is Peyton walking Um, down one of the back hallways towards the bathroom at Trick, and she runs into Julian. And he says that she looks very beautiful. And Peyton is shocked to see him and tells him what he asks him what he's doing here. And he says, I'm making Lucas's movie. And she says, like hell you are. And he says, oh, no, I am. We already signed contracts. And Lucas walks in and says, oh, you guys have already met. And Julian says, yeah, it's like we've known each other for years. And he walks away. Who is? Who is? And the episode ends. <sighs> so, what did we think, kids? Who is? Who is he? Who is Julian? Yes, who is Julian? He's a movie producer. No. <laughs> Unacceptable. Next. <laughs> well, he's, he's bad from at pool. Los Angeles. And he's and bad Kate at pool. lived in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I got that. I just, ugh. What do you, what do you, who who do you think Julian is? Trouble. No good. (laughs) 
I more or less, yeah, if, I, if I can't if I can't give you two word answers, you can't give me two word answers, honey. You did give me a two word answer. Yeah, you, you didn't accept it, so I, just, so, I so I don't accept yours. You answered my question. Who do you think he is? He he is obviously okay. I think he's a rebound. I I think in the uh, the grand tradition of bad rebound relationships in One Tree Hill, he is a bad rebound after the failed proposal. There, there's my prediction. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, no, that's that's a really interesting theory there. Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. All of them. Yeah. No, I liked this episode. I thought it was very funny. I chuckled several times. Mm-hmm. Um... I, lo- I love how meta it was. Uh, the amount of times they broke that fourth fucking wall. Like, yeah. Oh did my not God, exist. the snots from the CW. Like, hello. <laughs> At least they're hot. At least they're hot. Yep. Hot. And you, you should see how old they're getting people to play high school students these days. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I don't know. I thought I'll, I think this is like half romp on the rompometer. It was like a, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm good 70 percent maybe it, it was plot heavy with a lot of snark to the point where it was rompy yeah mm-hmm. rompy verbal romp it was a verbal mm-hmm. romp yeah yes yeah 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 so yes do do you think um jesse julian is going to be sticking around or do you think he's going to be a few episodes and gone uh i think he is our uh lucas and peyton villain for the rest of the season Okie dokie. The the mm-hmm. mouth and Millie, every couple has a villain. All right. The mouth and Millie villain is obviously Gigi. The okay. Haley and Nathan villain is Slamball. The uh <laughs> Lucas and Peyton villain is uh old Julian. Uh so that's what I'm thinking. I don't know if he's gonna be here for another and, and Brooks is Owen, period. Right. Well, Brooke, Brooke is a strong, independent woman, so she doesn't need a couple uh, villain. Her her villain is Sam. And <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. going to be like new generation of Disney villains where they have they they get redeemed by the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be an Ursula where she gets stabbed with a fork and thrown in the garbage. Uh, it's going to be like a Bruno situation. Mm hmm. Yeah, there we right. go. I would stab go. Julian with a fork and throw him in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> well then, and I already know him. <laughs> and on that note, kids, I think we should just wrap it up because where can we go from there? <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. As always, don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us out in the long run. Rate us five stars, all that good stuff. Follow us on social media. We are everywhere at On Wednesdays Pod. Um, So check us out anywhere you can get your social media. We're probably there. And yeah, we will see you guys next week for uh, another fun-filled episode on Wednesdays. We watch One Tree Hill, and we'll see if Julian gets stabbed with a fork. And thrown in the garbage. There we go. We'll see you guys then. Bye. Bye. Bye.